the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's Word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear, but trust God because He is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy, and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Number seven, you cannot minister to your mind until you possess a forgiving spirit. Say forgiving spirit. You cannot minister to your mind until you possess a forgiving spirit. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, As God in Christ forgave you. You should forgive others because God forgave you. To forgive means to treat the offender as not guilty. Forgive means to to send all that bitterness and all that stuff that's baggage to send it away. You know, uh, to forgive is to, to let go, let go of the offense towards you. Beloved, an unforgiving spirit is so detrimental to your mind. Unforgiveness, you know what it does in your your body? It creates emotional distress. Unforgiveness creates insecurity. Unforgiveness creates stress. Makes your blood pressure go up. Unforgiveness brings on depression. Unforgiveness brings on resentment. Uh, Harboring unforgiveness brings on anger. You want unforgiveness, it will harden your heart. It, It even causes you to hate your offender. Unforgiveness will also weigh the mind down. It it will oppress the mind, affecting your ability to think with clarity. Unforgiveness will take away your soundness of mind. You know what it does? It even takes away your peace of mind. How many of you want peace of mind? Let me see your hand. If you don't, then you really got some some things going on in your mind. You you want want peace of mind. And it affects, you know what unforgiveness does? It even affects your ability to hear God's word. Unforgiveness Satan uses that in a diabolical way to set you up, to set you back, and to destroy you, to devour your life. So it is critical 
that you forgive. I mean, why put yourself in a self-made prison? Why self-destruct? Why hold on to something that's killing you? In the name of Jesus who died for you, let it go. So God could do a new thing in this season of your life. You say, you don't know what happened to me. No, I don't. You don't know how I was abused when I was a child. No, I don't. You don't know this. You don't know I don't. But God does. Who in here has been crucified on the cross? Who in here have had a crown of thorns on your, in your brow? Who in here have been pierced in the side? Who in here has been spit upon and slapped and cursed and called the devil? So if God took it for you, you ought to be able to take it for Take it, take it for, take it from, for, for the sake of the kingdom. Take it for God. For God's sake, you ought to take it for him. You say, well, I'm not there yet. You better get there. I, I'm not there. 40 years and you're still not there. You're not there because you don't want to get there. To your own detriment. Number eight, you minister to your mind as you pursue the will of God for your life. You minister to your mind as you pursue the will of God for your life. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Beloved, you cannot love this world or live according to your fleshly appetites and expect to know God's will for your life. I say it again. You cannot love this world system or live in accordance to your fleshly appetites and expect to know God's will for your life. There are a lot of young people here today, and there are adults as well who need to know this. Here's a poignant, penetrating question we will address. How can believers know the will of God for their lives? You know, how can believers know the will of God for their lives? Satan's purpose is to keep you out of God's will because he doesn't want you prosperous. He doesn't want you advancing. He don't want you victorious. He, he wants you as far as, as far from God as he can possibly get you to be. How can believers know the will of God for their lives? Well, first, to know the will of God for your life, you must first have a personal relationship with him. How are you going to know uh, the will of God for your life if you don't know Jesus? First John chapter 5, verses 11 And 12 is a wonderful passage on that. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Do you have the life of God living in your soul? Have you trusted Jesus Christ alone as your personal savior? Have you Believed in the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Before you can know the will of God, you must first be saved by God. Secondly, to know the will of God, you must pray and ask him to reveal his will to you. How do you go to know his will and you don't even ask him uh, to reveal his will to you? Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask. Look look at this. 
and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. He wants to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. God wants you to know his will for your life. Uh, uh, thirdly, uh, to know the will of God, one must yield their life in obedience to Christ. To know the will of God, one must yield their life uh, in obedience to Christ. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. To know the will of God, one must yield their life in obedience to Christ. You cannot know the will of God for your life while living in rebellion against God. You cannot be going away from God and know his will, being, a, being rebellious to God, and, and then you're going to know his will. That's not going to happen. To know the will of God, you must have an undivided allegiance and unwavering commitment to Christ. To know the will of God, you must have an undivided allegiance and an unwavering commitment to Christ. In other words, you cannot vacillate and know the will of God at the same time. Cannot vacillate and know the will of God. You cannot be fickle and know the will of God. You can't serve God and man and God and money and God and pleasure, all these things, and then know his will. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my uh, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be committed. Uh, be unwavering. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Be faithful. Stand. Don't be ashamed of Christ. Don't attempt to love God and the world at the same time and expect to know his will. Next, to know God's will for your life, you must refuse to rely on your own opinions, refuse to rely on your own human reasoning, your own personal experiences, and your own feelings. Relying and trusting your feelings will get you in a whole lot of trouble. To know the will of God, you must refuse to rely on your own opinions, human reasoning, experiences, and your feelings, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. Put your trust in Jesus and he'll unfold his plan for your life. Next, to know God's will, you must seek out godly counsel in decision-making. To seek out godly counsel in decision-making, which will help guide you into the will of God for your life. All of us should have godly people that we can consult to help us along the way. We don't have all the answers. We don't know it all. There's some challenges we're going to be confronted with well, we need to be able to check in with someone that can give us some insights. Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 to 21 says, listen to advice and accept instructions. Don't have the attitude, nobody can tell me what to do. That, that's, that's silly and ridiculous. That you may gain wisdom in the future. You want to know the future? Then uh, seek out trusted Faithful, godly 
people who know the Lord and give godly counsel, who's been walking with the Lord, has your best interests, and knows how to keep confidentiality. The next day is not all over the world through the internet. Many other plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Next, children. If you let's see, if you're 18 and under, raise your hand. If you're 18 and under, if I'm even go more than that. If you're 20 and under, raise your hand. I can go higher than 25 and under. You say, well, how old? You, you're a child. Okay. Okay. Thank you. If children are going to know God's will for their lives, it is crucial that they obey and possess a great attitude toward their parents. Parents, you ought to be saying amen. You don't want this? If children are going to know God's will for their lives, it is crucial that they obey and possess a great attitude toward their parents. God will not bless or give divine guidance to children who possess a rebellious spirit toward their parents, a rebellious attitude. They may, you, you tell them to sit down, they, they sit down, but they are standing up in their hearts. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's the right thing to do before the Lord. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well, well with you. Some of you, it's not going to go well because some children, you, you, you got a word for a word. You're not teachable. You're not obedient. You can't obey the first time. You can't have a good attitude. You can't be a servant. You put plates in the sink, but you don't wash the dishes. Leave your bed all undone. Don't pick up behind yourself. Matter of fact, husbands and wives ought not be picking up behind each other. Sometimes kids learn from watching the parents. Fathers, you dropping everything over the floor. What do you expect your children to do? Look how quiet. Won't y'all say amen? <laughs> Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well. Say well. I wanted to go well with me. I obeyed my mother. I obeyed my father. I took chastening from them. They whooped me to the pulpit. I got spankings. They got all this new stuff out now. Just let child be free spirit. Let them learn all that. They'll catch on and all that kind of. No, they got to be guided. I'm afraid of your parents that always tell their children, yes, 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 yes. They don't tell you yes, yes, yes when you're driving. They tell you stop. You keep going, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> stop better be in your vocabulary. You know, the children grow up little savages. They have to be trained the way to go. <laughs> they got to be trained. Little hoodlums all over the place. They got to be. They got to be trained. They stingy. They grafty. They knock stuff down. They they, they, they they wreck up everything. You just look at her. Oh, isn't that cute? And then when they get fifteen, oh God, God says, shut up. You didn't stop them when they were two. When they were one. Leave me alone. Bring them up the way they should go. 
No child ought to be hitting you, spitting at you. You got one time to do it to me to be the last time. Last time. <laughs> they need to know where the authority is. You know what? They, if they don't expect the authority in the house, they're not going to expect authority in the schools. And they're not going to expect authority in society or uh, uh, anywhere else. And you know, even they go to jail, there's going to be some authority. You go to military, it's going to be some authority. Everywhere you're going to go, there's going to be structure and authority. And it starts first at home. They won't reject it when they get out there because it's normative to them. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. To know God's will, uh, you must obey the voice of God and not the voices of people. Acts 5.29 says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Listen, y'all, there are a lot of voices on social media and all these, these social platforms and all of that. There are voices and pundits on television, talk shows, opinions, and all pundits. Listen, uh, you have to be determined and intentional to seek out listening to the voice of God. And the reason so many lives are messed up because they are following people who are intellectual, intellectually, they are they're intellectual, they are articulate, and um, they look good, they have a good talk, a good rap, and all of this. But, but what they're saying is sheer nonsense. Nonsense. Who's talking about God and the principles? Who's talking about creation? Who's talking about redemption, the cross, grace, mercy, forgiveness? Who's talking about the substitutionary death of Christ? Who's talking about the soon imminent return of the Lord and living in light of that reality? In closing, as all of you know so well, we are living in turbulent times, and it is spiritually negligent not to be in the will of God in times like these. Being out of the will of God has a negative effect on your thinking. If you struggle with your relationship with God, it can lead to self-rejection. If you struggle with your relationship with God, have little to no relationship with God, uh, you have more setbacks. If you're not following Jesus, your life will be imbalanced, irrational, if you're not loving God, his precepts, and following him, forsaking all, you'll have more regrets. You will blame others. Your plans in life will be unfulfilled at 60 and 70 years old. If you're not determined to follow Jesus, you're going to be more angry, which affects the mind. You're going to be more anxious and worried, which affects the mind. You're going to be more insecure, all of which affects your peace of mind. You will be wise indeed if you ask the same question that Paul asked when the Lord knocked him off his beast. In, in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, 
which says, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Beloved, you cannot ask that question until you have first had a personal encounter with Christ. I surmise to finish this sermon by asking you this question. Have you met the Savior? Have you met the Savior? You might be saying, well, I want to tell you what, listen to this. Well, why don't you meet him tomorrow? Why don't you meet him tomorrow? And then you can say, well, preacher, why should I meet him tomorrow? I might die today. Well, you, you thought rightly. Then why don't you meet him today? Then why don't you get to know him today? Today is the day that you need to get right with God and say, I surrender. Lord, here am I. I yield my life to you. I've made a mess. I've disobeyed your word. I've ignored your word. I've suppressed your word. I've exalted my will over your will. But I've decided today to follow Jesus. I believe in your incarnation. I believe in your virgin birth. I believe the reality that you're fully God and fully man and you came to to show us that marvelous example of how to live a life that reflects God on earth. I believe in your trial in Gethsemane and ultimately being unjustly put on an old rugged cross. And I believe wicked, heinous men and religious leaders and the conspiracy put you on the cross and love kept you there. Because when you died, you saw every one of us future. And you were dying in our place just for me. Say just for me. Just for me. Now, now what this time I want you to personalize it. Just say, put your first name just for, for whatever your name is. Just for random. Let's say it together. Just for random. If you were the only person on earth. He would have come just for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you met the Savior yet? A lot of folk waiting on a tomorrow that never came and they are eternally lost with no hope of escape and all God's children said let's pray father we thank you for the message you spoke to all of our hearts father we're living in a day where people are losing their minds so many minds are held captive by the enemy so many saints have disturbed minds confused minds, irrational minds, worried minds, fearful minds. 
minds that are being tormented by the sins of their past. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will set captive souls free this morning so that life can be lived at at the fullest and that your name is glorified, your church is edified, and we can represent you well in a foreign land. Father, thank you for this God moment, and may people seize it today and not play into in the hands of Satan and procrastinate their God moment away in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, you're here today and don't know Jesus. You're not sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven to be with him. If you doubt that the least little bit, you're not sure. You don't have the assurance of your salvation. Or perhaps you know Christ, but you just don't have a church home. You haven't planted yourself anywhere. You need to be in a place of accountability, a place of nurturing and spiritual growth. You need a spiritual refuge. You need a spiritual covering. The church of the living God has redemptive purpose. And the Bible also says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. The church brings much value. Just like you need to go to H-E-B and Walmart, you need the church. Amen. Some of y'all going places y'all not be going, but you can't come to church. You can go to the sports arenas. You can play all kind of ball. But when crisis come, that ball can't keep you, but this Bible can. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.